Welcome to the Naked Truth Relationships Podcast, where Christians with different relationship statuses and histories chat about what it's really like in the church when it comes to dating, singleness, marriage, and everything in between. It's great that you're joining the conversation today. I'm sitting here with Miriam. Say hello. Hello. And with James. Say hello. Hello. (laughs) And in this episode, we're going to be looking at dating. And I'm very excited to record this today. I'm sitting here with a couple who are currently dating and wrestling with issues to do with dating and all the highs and lows that come with it. And I've known Miriam for about three years and I've known James for nearly seven. Known them uh, when they were single and now as a couple and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of insight and a lot of knowledge to bring to the table. So the aim of this episode is to look at what it's really like to be dating in church and how as a couple Miriam and James have found it. So let's begin. As always, these podcasts are just a conversation and a chat. Tangents are always welcome. Um, just so you know, my name is Andre. I oversee the Naked Truth Relationship Project, and it's our aim to give people the tools they need to build God-centered, mutually fulfilling, mutually enjoyable relationships. So for our listener, just to get a bit of context, Miriam, can you tell us a bit about your Christian journey and what you're up to now and maybe briefly your dating history, which I assume you and James have talked about <laughs> before this point? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be some bombshells. <laughs> um, yeah, well, uh, I grew up in a Christian household and um, I think probably would say I made a commitment when I was about eight. haven't really known life any different from that, but I suppose classic sort of growing up in a Christian home it didn't really feel very real until um, I'd moved out and gone to uni and I met a lot of other Christians through the Christian Union there and I suppose my faith became much more personal and yeah based on my own feelings and thoughts and sense of relationship with God rather than just my parents and what I'd been doing for years Um, so yeah in terms of my dating life (laughs) It's been fairly dry in barren land. <laughs> it was pretty bleak up until about a year and a half ago. <laughs> um, never. A year and a half. Oh yeah, probably it was a bit more than a year and a half. Um, yeah, never really been in a proper relationship with anybody. Been on like a few dates, given the online dating thing a whirl a few times, and had some some nice dates, some horrific dates. Um, but, uh, yeah, really, it's just been me and James. So, James, same question. When did you become a Christian? you want to give us a bit of your context and background? I suppose I was much the same same story as Miriam, really. You know, grew up in a Christian family, went to church. It was all... It's quite weird, anyway, when you grew up in a Christian family because you, 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 you don't really... It's, 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 the, it's the norm, isn't it? So getting to that point of generating your own commitment is is interesting. So I think I'm much the same as you. I went to, came to uni. Well, I made a, I, I did the prayer when I was probably about seven and got baptised at my home, my home church and came to uni. I suppose it, that's when you really, it's like make or break, isn't it? You, you make the decision, you either go to church or you just let it fall by the wayside. So I, I found a church. Um... What's the next question? <laughs> dating history. Dating history. Same again. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing of any significance. We're a parasite, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, f- f- a few dates. I was too stubborn to 
try the Christian dating thing. Um, <laughs> or too scared or something. Despite the fact a lot of my mates wanted to like set me up a set me up a profile on various dating sites and I just didn't take any any of those up. So you kind of hinted at it there. So how long have you been dating for? Is it a year and a half ish? Just over it. Just over a year and a half. Oh, this is testing there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. I just had to count my fingers. It's pancake, pancake day, wasn't it? Pancake day, 2018. <laughs> okay, year and a half, brilliant. Uh, and so very briefly, um, how did you get together? How did you start dating? <laughs> I'm always intrigued by this because the two stories often differ wildly. <laughs> well, should I go? Well, yeah, okay. I think, is it more relevant because of what I was doing and <laughs> going through at the time? Well, James has been set up by one of his friends um, with this girl and they'd gone on a few dates and then he'd realised that she wasn't a Christian. I, I've been... These are, these are a couple of my mates who tried to put me on dating sites and, you know, they set me up with this, this, this girl who was, and it was a lovely thing for them to do. And they they sold it to me on the fact that she uh, is a scientist. She uh, goes climbing, which is one of my interests. She goes to church. I was like, oh, brilliant! Let's you know, give it a whirl. <laughs> so I went on a went on a on the on the first stage, went out for a drink, and but the alarm bell started ringing a little bit because I was like, mm, she hasn't really spoken about God or church or anything, and I was like. And because we hung out loads, didn't we? Because mm-hmm. I was always over helping you decorate your house and firm residence of the friend zone for a long time. Indeed. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I, 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 I mulled over it for a week or so, and it came to the. I went on another date with this this lass, and came to the conclusion that I, I said to her, "Did you go to church or whatever?" And concluded that she didn't. At which point, I was like, "Well." <laughs> You were so good. If you, I was. <laughs> she was lovely. But you've got to say, if your values are down this line, and that's central to your life, you can't it, you can't deviate, can you? That's not going to be healthy in a long-term relationship. So, yeah. so <laughs> Miriam I, stepped in, <laughs> wrote the text to her. <laughs> I helped the dumb text. To say, thanks but no thanks. Miriam, no, what, making I, a way. Yeah, no, what? was I softened your um, to the point direct language with some yeah. the engineer some, here are the here are the bullet points I added some emotional intelligence Indeed. to the text message um, but I suppose that kind of started off a bit more of a conversation with us wasn't it of relationships and hanging mm. out a bit more um, and you used to it kind of ended up just happening that you used to come around on a Tuesday night and then mm. after it a few months you went away on a skiing trip and I think I realised that I missed you a little bit which was a very strange sensation um, and then you always said to me <laughs> no I don't I'm going to have to <laughs> you always said I love you dearly James but don't fall in love with me it's <laughs> uh, quite a clear command there. Uh, I just... so I I've written it off I'd be like oh there's, there's nothing there but that's fine I know where I am yeah. Um, Continue. So, I was starting to think maybe James might like me a bit. And then started to think that maybe I liked him a bit. And then he sent me through some picture of her. And he'd been doing some Facebook stalking or something. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was fuming. And I was like, why am I so mad about this? Why am I jealous? I was like, I'm jealous. And this is weird. 
And then made me think, oh, I think maybe I do actually fancy you. So I just decided to text you. <laughs> Essentially with a, I think I might fancy you kind of text. No, it's something more ambiguous than that because I was too idiotic to decipher it for what it actually meant. Yeah. We spent a week where I thought I'd declared my undying love for James and he'd ignored me not giving me a clear answer. And you thought you'd given me quite a clear answer. Mm. And then I, I must say, I actually remember this period <laughs> <laughs> of this. Uh, he said, she said, what's going on? What actually, is going on? Right, right, everybody yeah. right now. <laughs> I actually remember this, and yeah. uh, and obviously it led to uh, well, here sitting here now, a year and a yeah. half yeah. down the line. Panned out did. all right, didn't it? Panned out okay. <laughs> did a very awkward pancake night. We did, and I was like, right, what's tell me your feelings, girl. <laughs> Whilst making pancakes, best way to do it. Oh yeah, good distraction. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, as always, these uh, podcast episodes evolve around three main questions, really. So, to kick us off with the first uh, first question, what is your experience of dating in the Christian context? So, as you started dating, how has church, what's it been like in church? What's it been like with your, your Christian friends in a Christian community? What's your experience been? Um... I think there's been some positive things and some things that I hadn't expected. Yeah, I think church can be set quite set up for people in relationships. Oh yeah, I think it's and fully set up for people in relationships. Quite difficult to be single sometimes. Mm. Um, I, I think church has been very supportive and lovely, and everyone you know. Yeah. Asks how things are going on and and people were, wants to be in, in, involved in it, you know. Yeah, people were generally really pleased for us. And all of a sudden, everybody wants to come round for dinner. Did you find that weird that Naya and a couple are like being oh. invited around for food? And What's it like? I quite like dinner before I got a boyfriend. <laughs> so, <laughs> I get it though because there's a level of wanting to sort of acknowledge your twoness rather than you know what you were before. But I think suddenly you have a lot less time. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> I think though, um, it it's definitely made a, a difference to my friendships with my single friends. That shifted, and I think probably you would say the same. That's fair. That's fair. In what sense? Well, definitely. Uh, I was. Um, I suppose I was up until the age of thirty-three, part of a fairly solid like single ladies' crew at church, and. Although there's a shared joy in one of you finding love, there's also a bit of loss in that as well. And juggling those friendships and a new relationship and trying to figure out, especially for us, because we've not had other relationships and we've got together fairly fairly in life. <laughs> um, having been single all that time in our 20s, and I find it quite hard at the start. Yeah, you set your life up as a single person, don't you? Yeah. You get, you know, if you're a couple of years into working, you get into that rhythm of, of life as a single person, then having that shift yeah. is odd. In, in everything, in, in like day to day life and seeing your friends and going to church and. Yeah. It was even though at the start, it was things like, do we sit next to each other at church or not? Like, 
the age-old question. You know, like, what do you, what, do you just bin your mates off? Like, you've sat with for years, or yeah. do you try and merge, you know, my mates this side of me and your mates the other side of you, <laughs> so <laughs> no one feels left out, or what, you know, and trying to figure but out... also, I'm, I'm quite like, you know, public displays of affection are, are a no-no, so <laughs> yeah. the idea of being comfortable with seeing opposite ends of church, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. You're all right with that. But that does not meet with expectations. No. <laughs> it's quite interesting, so you're juggling... Your, your own expectations and other people's and mm. what you're having to let go of. I mean, it sounds like it was obviously worth the sacrifice, but actually quite a weird process to go through. Yeah. I think, like, we did the classic fall down the relationship rabbit hole for the first few months, which you're allowed to do. And then... Grace period. Yeah, you come out of the side and you go, oh, yeah, I still actually like my friends and I miss them. <laughs> um, and you find a bit of balance and... It's just it's just an adjustment. There's nothing. I mean, obviously, it's better. Well, I, I better's not the right word. That's not fair. But it's it's it, being in a relationship is. I suppose it. I know what you mean. It's, I don't want to say better because it makes it sound like single life isn't better than it is. You'd prefer to be in a relationship than not. There's there's a lot of joy there, and you have to make that shift to allow. You know, to still have your other friendships work and and yeah, and adjust how you prioritize your time and all that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it does. It does. Even serving though at church, like I think, I was. I suppose I've floated the idea a few times of like doing something joint or because we're in different life groups still. I suppose you serve on the sound, AV Rota, and I serve on worship mostly. But like, I would do Eccles Kids Club or whatever events that we're doing and you probably do more in Stratford so like we're still a year and a half down the line and it, we, well, we were both embedded in those kind in, of yeah. individual yeah. communities before yeah. and and neither of us wants to change that's interesting because obviously God's called you there before there's no reason why it would change on your relationship but at the same time I'm sure there are things God might be calling you to as a couple which would change so it's working out what's best and what, yeah, I what think, to do. I don't think me, be, me being involved in Stratford stuff and you being involved in Eccles stuff will work years on into the future. There'll have to be some <laughs> compromise and adjustment there. At some point I will win. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that you didn't just... Lucy translated. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll probably move to Eccles. <laughs> But it's good to know that actually you didn't feel like you had to work all this stuff out straight away or you felt pressure to, you know, mm. one of you well, suddenly to be, give stuff To be fair, we discussed, didn't we, like, mm. where, you know, in the future, where are we best suited? Yeah, and I think more of the frustration for me was about the practicalities of our life groups were on different nights. We do stuff on different areas, different days, and just from a time point of view as well. Mm. But also I think there's something nice about feeling like you're serving together. But I think we've got, we've got that with worship and sound. Yeah, yeah. Um. So just, I mean, just quite intrigued and um, obviously you don't go into any detail about people or whatever. Um, but quite intrigued, did you find that this was something you had to work out on your own or was there support there in the church or did you feel like, oh, would it be nice to be able to talk to someone or mm. like overall was it just like you two figuring this out? I think we just figured out, haven't we? Well, I'd probably talk to all my friends about it first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean... To be fair, I'd probably run it past friends. 
Yeah, I think probably there's elements of things that there would be a couple of people in my life who are married or in relationships who in different stages actually who have either recently gone through that process or years ago went through the process in a, in a different stage but I had some wisdom, wisdom to offer on it but definitely more just on a personal friendship level not and it happened to be in church yeah. as opposed to seeking advice from sort of the church whatever that is like, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't write a letter to the elders and said, <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't need to have a meeting and go, how do we, how do we fix this? No. Because it's creating a, a chasm in our relationship that we can't, can't cross. No, but I think something that we have thought about is that a lot of the time, like people joke about marriage being hard or like having like arguments with your husband or your wife, but people don't so much talk about it when you're just going out. Yeah, like dating is hard. Yeah, and that, like, because we have rounds about stuff that probably we'll end up round about till we're like 90. <laughs> but it, it's a feature or a source of friction in our relationship now. And I think for a while we felt a little bit like, should it not be easier than this at this point? Yeah. Does this, is, does this mean the relationship isn't working? Mm. And I suppose the more we actually sort of opened up to other people and said, did you guys find this hard or did you guys row about this or... And they would say, oh, yeah, yeah. And you're like, well, why did no one tell us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very reassuring to hear that some people have massive arguments a year into the, you know, yeah. six months into going out. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's a really important point because I think you're right. People assume, oh, dating should just be easy or yeah. everyone just says, oh, so when you're going to get married, assuming it's just going to be, you know, this nice, yeah. easy step-by-step process. But actually, dating isn't married, so that, you know, commitment isn't there and you're trying to figure it out and you're... Mm trying to work through the routes and like it is it is society, hard society I mean I know it's a cliche but society broadcasts this thing that when you get together with someone it's this you know all sunshine all, and rainbows sunshine and rainbows like I was going to say daisies and roses but I don't think that's same phrase <laughs> but no, same it's, sentiment you know yeah. it's all live happily ever after and it's difficult like real yeah. life is difficult yeah. and sometimes we have arguments about hypothetical situations like <laughs> If we get married, am I allowed to eat toast in bed? And rather than arguing about it, and we're not. That's just clearly no. Food <laughs> <laughs> in bed is unacceptable. Why is this such a difficult concept? <laughs> but yeah, but no, it's it's good to know that it can be hard, and you can still enjoy it and be on the same page and yeah. discussing these things. And it's not always easy, but overall, it's great. Like that's yeah. People need to say that more in church. I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if we hadn't sought out those conversations with people, and I suppose you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position to say, um, we're finding this hard, is this normal? And then when everyone goes, oh, yeah, 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 it's, it's a sense of relief, but I suppose we had to sort of seek that out a bit, didn't we? Rather than, even though I've had loads of friends be in relationships and get married, mm. I don't know whether... I suppose there's a balance to be had between not, like, fully airing all your dirty laundry in public yeah. and, like... You pick... You have close relationships with a handful of people, don't you? Yeah. That, yeah. that you can sort of seek. You can trust and get advice from. Counsel with, you know. Yeah. And even just simply saying, someone from the front saying it's hard, don't need to go into detail, but just saying this stuff is hard is always, um, could always be helpful. Which would be a good segue into the second question, second main question. Um, how has your experience of dating, how has the church slash Christian community helped or hindered? How has the Christian community helped hindered? And I know you've obviously touched on this a bit already, um, but I guess that last point we were just saying, people just 
people getting up and admitting relationships can be hard, including dating, including marriage, would be one thing. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, acknowledging the dating bit because people talk about marriage being hard all the time, which. FYI, puts you off marriage a bit. Like. <laughs> yeah, and you talk about the good bits as well. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I think... It's just people being honest, isn't it? It's people being honest when things things are hard. Mm. Yeah. I think also will... <laughs> I don't know if I dare start this, but something that hinders is just like people making unnecessary comments when they don't know your relationship well or don't know you well especially about like when you get married yeah that, that's a big one it happens mm-hmm. a lot probably more to me than you um and there's a pressure isn't there yeah and I think like it's alright if it's your best mate that's like you know how's your relationship what's going on are you thinking about getting married fair enough because if it's definitely not in your thoughts there's no point in carrying on going out but just like a lot of but that stems back to the common gripe of mine with church is that it it that you're not you're not complete if you're not in a in in, in a couple. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and and it's this idea that dating is just a step to marriage, not in itself a good thing or something that can benefit you or grow you as a couple. It's when you're getting married, when have you made yeah. it? Which is and if you're single, that's great mm. as well. Yeah. And you're still a. a you know, fully valued member of church, and you've still got all that stuff to bring. Yeah. Like you're just, you're just. We're all just individual people in a church as well. Like there isn't. Yeah. There isn't yeah. this elitist club for couples. Yeah, agreed. Well, agreed. I remember this one Sunday <laughs> before. I think it was before we were going out, where we kind of realised there was a couple, a few of us that were friends that were single. And we were a bit like, where's, where are all our mates? Like, where's everyone gone after church? And basically, all of the couples out of our peer group had all been invited to lunch at someone's house. But none of the single people were invited. Wow. So, in like, so we all decided to go out for lunch together ourselves. But there was just a real noticeable, like, oh, it was kind of not, it hadn't been noticed. And I think... We've definitely experienced the converse now. We're in a relationship of people inviting us over as a two to things in the way that they probably wouldn't have invited us over on our own before. Yeah, and I'd probably, I'd probably be lying if I if I thought that I perhaps wasn't part of the couple's lifestyle now, as in the the. You know, oh yeah, we're fully gone to the dark it's, side now. It's, 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 it's easy not to think about. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's it definitely there's this weird sort of separation in church that I don't think needs to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I don't think it's there in like the normal world. It's just in the Christian culture. And I think. Yeah, that's a good point. I think there is this because so many of my work friends, uh, single, divorced, single, widowed, single, just been single, not had any kids, not in, not in a relationship. And it's not a weird thing in the same way that it is in the church. Um, but in the same way, going out for uh, dating for a long time is a bit of a weird thing in the church. Like, it's not in the normal world. Like, if when I... <laughs> People just go out for a couple of months moving with each other. And that'd be that, wouldn't it, in the real world? Yeah, or you'd get engaged and be engaged for, like, four years. Yeah. Whereas 
which I'm not saying that's like the best way to do things, but I'm just saying there's a real def- there's a definite difference in culture around relationships in the church from the general world, um, particularly around getting married. I think. Yeah, and it's I mean that's a good point because if we're because obviously we're living in the world and so you're trying to take references from there, good and bad, and then you come to church and taking references. But it's just very different. So how do you bridge that gap and how do you work out this thing called dating when you're hearing different voices and yeah. there's no set rules? I mean, it, is, it can be very confusing. It's just hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. And you're right, more people need to just say that. And so the final question, again, we may have touched on some of this already, but what is the main thing that you think needs changing or tweaking? What's the main thing in regards to church and dating that you think needs changing or tweaking? Mm. I think normalising dating in the church um, would be helpful because I think I think there's been this sort of fear and pressure put on like you can't even think about asking someone out unless you think you're probably going to marry them and yeah. and it's a bit much yeah and it's it's one thing to say you know, date of intentionality and, you know, have that in mind. Don't just use people, you know. Yeah. But to then say you need to know after three dates is, is no, exactly. too much pressure. Going out with someone for, you know, half a dozen dates, drawing the conclusion that they're not right for you is also a successful dating experience yeah. because you've you've yeah. worked out that it's not right. And that's Made a okay. wise choice, yeah. yeah. Like, you'd like a story you were sharing earlier. And yeah, yeah. that is... Yeah, it's not a failure. It is if it's you know done with respect and done in the right way and Absolutely. break up well, then you know it's mm. not a failure. And no. I think that is a shift the church hasn't always. Yeah, grasped. I think I think that's the main one really is about normalising dating, and that it, we're not. I think now especially like there's more. More people are single into the twenties as opposed to you meet someone at uni and then you get married straight after uni and then two years later you have three kids. That kind of thing. Um, Two years later, three kids. Yeah. That is impressive. I, I, you know, as a nurse, I've got a firm grasp of uh, how babies are made and born. Um, and the time frames involved. Exactly, yeah, yeah, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, there was that, yeah. I think now, I don't, well, I don't know if, maybe that's just my perception, but it feels like there's more adults that are sort of waiting till the later 20s, early 30s to get married. And I think we're no longer in that sort of society where well, no, we are now in a society where, like, online dating is the norm. And I think that maybe does need to be embraced a little bit by the church. It's, it's okay, you're not the freaks. Because mm. even, I think, like, ten years ago, there was you were a bit of a freak if you met online. Oh, yeah, it's that definitely was, changed now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's different chapter, wasn't it? Whereas now, it's just like, that's where everyone because that's yeah. just the norm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think normalising dating and not putting massive pressure on to get married straight away. And, and the... You know what we've touched on before about not making church a couples club. Yeah. 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 Definitely, because I think there's so much stuff about even our Sunday services. Like there were all the you know the setup was an all age service, which often means there's a heavy family focus, which is you've not got kids, or. I think actually I think our church have got better at this. Say like with communion or something, they might say get together with your husband or your wife or add on now at least all your friends or you know let's make sure everyone's got somebody to, to have communion with so Actually, I think they, they regularly say get together with people sat around you yeah I know and I think that's good now because I think 
a few years ago that would have been something that would have made me feel quite uncomfortable mm. it's like oh cheers <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, on my own yeah, I, I'll just have communion on my own just me and Jesus it's nice <laughs> which actually is fine <laughs> yeah. oh, it's not a point is it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I think there is some stuff that's positive in terms of a shift and we've now got like some single people on the leadership team at church which is good yeah that's really good that's too rare yeah. In church, I think, unless you're a youth worker, you can't be yeah. single and on the leadership yeah. team. It's like you need more single people, single guys and single girls on the leadership yeah. team, definitely. Yeah, so I think that's that's quite good. Yeah. And I guess what you were hinting at before, just realizing relationships are changing, mm. and with like technology and people getting married later, and actually just not seeing that as a bad thing or something to shy away from, but just saying relationships are changing. How can the church help people at all stages of yeah. life, really? Yeah. Instead of this assumption of when you're going to get married and if you haven't, you're you're an outcast like we were talking about before. It shouldn't be like that. We should realise relationships are changing and perceptions need to change as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can could, I could, I could see a lot, obviously. You know, both you and I felt quite down a lot of the time when we were single. Yeah. But that journey to where we are now, and the fact that we've we've got together when we have done, I can see a lot of benefits in it happening later on. Than yeah. If it had happened when we was like mid twenties. Yeah, and it's it it feels like it's worth the wait now, but I suppose I don't know if I would say that it's worth the wait two years ago. Because if you don't know, it's going to happen. Yeah, but again, it's just realizing it's different. Some people are dating later or finding someone later and just being able to have those conversations and acknowledge that is probably um, something that would really help yeah. uh, as we think about how to tweak dating in church mm. so we need to bring this chat to a close is there anything either of you want to end on or a point you want to re-emphasize as we uh, wrap things up yeah stop just randomly asking people if they've had sex just because of a relationship Nobody asked me at all about my sex life or lack of until I started going out with you and then all of a sudden it's like public property. <laughs> just a bit much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. And it almost, it's like dating is just reduced to have you had sex or not, which oh, is yeah. so much more than that. So, no, very good point. Stop asking Miriam if she's had sex. <laughs> Everyone will know when it's happened. <laughs> Make an announcement. <laughs> Is there anything you want to add to that, James? I, I think she said enough. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, uh, James and Miriam, for chatting with me. You are very brave. It's very hard to get couples who are dating to talk about dating, so it's been very beneficial to um, everyone listening, I'm sure. Um, for more from me, please go to ntrelationships.com where you'll find blogs and other podcasts or go to wherever it is you listen to your podcast to download more episodes. Until then, take care.